Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Conservatives say they will not support using the Emergencies Act. It really begs the question why he would take this drastic action. There's a lot of questions we have, a lot of questions around what it means. For example, if someone donated to the, to the protest maybe three or four weeks ago, will their bank account be frozen? Uh, will, will their credit rating now uh, be, be hampered? There's a lot of questions around the fiscal implications. Justin Trudeau says using force to end the protests is not his call. No, I'm not going to be using force. The decisions made will be by uh, police uh, doing their jobs the right possible way. What we have done with the Emergencies Act is put forward uh, tools that the local jurisdictions of law enforcement can use. And the Prime Minister and MPs are scolded after a heated exchange during question period. I just want to remind the Honourable Members, including the Honourable Right Honourable Prime Minister, to use words that are not inflammatory in the House. And that's for both sides. It's Thursday, February 17th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by National Post columnist John Iveson. Good morning, John. Morning, Mark. So there's a lot to talk about, obviously, with regard to the illegal blockades and the decision by the government to use the Emergencies Act. Let's start with the fact that the Conservatives and the Bloc Québécois are saying they won't support the use of this act. Uh, This is, once again, as many things have been in the past few months, being divided along political lines. Um, What do you think about the fact that there isn't consensus in the House of Commons on this? Well, I think specifically on the Emergencies Act, you know, the, the, the Prime Minister has written to the Premiers telling them, telling them there is a threat to our democracy, and Ministers have been been out talking about uh, foreign interference and foreign money. Um, I mean, we, we do know that there was a, a cache of arms at the protest in Kuta, Alberta. I think it's a reasonable assumption that there may be similar arms in Ottawa. But I don't think the opposition parties specifically the Bloc and the Conservatives, feel that, that there has been enough specifics to justify invocation of the Emergencies Act. I mean, while the, the ministers, Bill Blair, Marco Mendicini, David Lametti, have been up talking about these uh, existential external threats, which require additional policing powers, the blockades at the bridge in Windsor, in British Columbia, at Emerson in Manitoba, and at Coots in Alberta have all been cleared under existing legislation. Yeah. And the police in Ottawa were, were issuing leaflets yesterday saying that they were going to, uh, it's time to leave the area, and they were going to charge people who did not. But they were going to charge them under the mischief provision that is already in the criminal code. So... I think the opposition parties are saying, well, if, if this is all happening under existing provisions, why do we need additional provisions, particularly the drastic imposition of the, the Emergencies Act, which, while the government says it's going to be complicit with the Charter, I mean, it's hard for me to see how you can freeze bank accounts extrajudicially and still be within the Charter. I mean, mm. We would find out, presumably, after the fact, when it was challenged that it wasn't Charter compliant. So I think uh, there is an uneasiness, at least until the government comes up, comes provides more information. And I think in the debates that are that are going to ensue over the next few days, the opposition parties I can't see them changing their minds, but I think they are going to demand more information. 
I think there is the nagging feeling that this is popular in the country, and therefore Justin Trudeau is doing it to bolster his own political support. In the House yesterday, the bloc leader, Yves-Francois Blanchette, uh, said there's a growing feeling that they act as a cover-up of the Prime Minister's failings. And he said the bloc will not support the government, and he urged the New Democrats to rethink their support to a successor legislation to the War Measures Act, which the NDP did not support in 1970, and which is obviously still rankles in Quebec. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting to see. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Jagmeet Singh is in a really difficult position on this one. Uh, does this, these are not the kinds of measures New Democrats would normally support, of course. Um, there, yeah. th- this is, um, there, there are times when a crisis will bring people together and, and will even bring uh, politicians from different parties together to face some kind of threat. This clearly isn't one of them. Uh, and yesterday it was, was kind of an explosive, raucous question period in the House of Commons. And uh, the prime minister accused uh, some uh, conservatives in response to a question from a Jewish member of parliament accused conservatives of standing people standing with people wearing swastikas. Uh, and that conservative MP, Melissa Lastman, has asked for an apology from the prime minister. And that's just one example of, of how... Uh, how emotional this has become in the House. Well, I was in the House yesterday, and it was not an edifying spectacle. You know, I think at times of crisis, you hope and expect that your leaders will stand up and provide a route out of that crisis and try and bring the country together, particularly if that leader is at least in part responsible for the mess that you're in in the first place. I mean, I think it is undoubted, undoubtedly true that Justin Trudeau contributed to the protests on Parliament Hill and elsewhere by using divisive rhetoric and divisive political tactics, politicising vaccine mandates, which he did from day one of the election campaign. At this stage, you would hope that he would stop politicising things and try and start healing some of the divisions in the country. But there is, there is absolutely no sign of that. I think he thinks he's on a political winner. The support in the country is is behind him as far as the Emergencies Act, certainly according to a, a, a Maru public opinion poll public, uh, post-media published today. And he thinks he can keep driving this wedge and portraying the opposition parties as supporting the blockades and being on the wrong side of history. And in this particular exchange where he raised the... Uh, the swastika to a Jew- gay Jewish member of parliament. I mean, it was it was pretty um, stark and unbecoming of a prime minister. To me, at the moment, the prime minister should be calming tempers. And yet he seems intent on exciting further agitation. And I think it's just terrible leadership. So what happens now, John? The prime minister said yesterday that it was up to the police um, how how things went down from here and whether force was used. Obviously, uh, there are there are other tactics that are being employed, as you mentioned, freezing bank accounts and transactions and that sort of thing. But what's what's potentially the sequence of events from here? Because the last night in Ottawa, the the people involved in the blockade were certainly not backing down and and were shouting that they were going to continue to stay. It was, for them, business as usual. It was a night like any other night, despite the fact that the Ottawa police issued warnings to them that they must vacate immediately. 
Yeah, well, the, the interim police chief in Ottawa has, has warned people that police are ready to use methods that uh, people are not used to seeing in Ottawa. Um, I mean, it seems unlikely to me that they've issued these leaflets saying you must leave now or face arrest and then not follow through on that. And we know that the police are building resources somewhere near the airport. So it, it seems to me that it is inevitable that the police are going to move in. There is a hardcore truckers protesting on Parliament Hill who are not going anywhere. I mean, you walk through that encampment and it is pretty boisterous, if not belligerent. Uh, it is hard to see how this ends without some kind of confrontation. And, uh, you know, the, the, I talked earlier about the Emergencies Act and, and why, how the existing provisions are being used. I think there are provisions in the Emergencies Act that will be useful. For example, you know, you can designate a particular place that uh, where you're you're not allowed to assemble. I guess they'll do that in Parliament Hill. And they can stop making an offence to come in and reinforce the convoy. So I think at the weekend we will not see the vast numbers of people coming in from, from outside to support it. And I do think before that we're going to see some police action on Parliament Hill that is going to be fairly dramatic. Yeah, and I, I suspect, not to get too much into the into the weeds of this, but I suspect uh, it, something's got to happen before the weekend on some level because typically on the weekends there have been more people arriving in Ottawa um, and, and streaming into downtown Ottawa to join uh, the blockade. So I, I assume the police are not going to want to do something like that on the weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and it, but it's hard to see how it ends well given the number of kids that are still there. Yeah. I mean, I saw the Children's Aid Society of Ottawa yesterday give a warning to the testers that uh, they had to make alternate provision for their children in case they were arrested. So yeah. it's a pretty gloomy picture. And, um, you know, just as you wander through it, the, the feelings of, uh, of alienation uh, are just stark. The atmosphere is just, uh, you know, static with, with uh, people who are, and, and I think they've been duped. I mean, I think that the, these people feel that they are fighting for the freedom of all Canadians, that they are the people and they're fighting the elites to get back their freedom. And yet, as our opinion poll shows, you know, three quarters of the people, the real people, Canadians, uh, do not support them. Yeah. All right. We'll watch carefully over the next few days to see what happens. John, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's John Iveson of the National Post. The intervention of the federal government in this situation is more political than a matter of safety and security of the people of Ottawa. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Hill Times, Les Whittington asks how many leaders COVID blowback will claim. Whittington writes, If the insurrection closes Justin Trudeau's prime ministerial options, he won't be alone. The upsurge of right-wing populist fervor bubbling up from the anti-government convoys no doubt helped convince the Conservatives to toss out Aaron O'Toole. It could also upend the leadership hopes of Pierre Poilievre, who took an immense risk by continuing to support the insurrectionists after his party changed position and called for the rebellion to end. In the National Post, Colby Kosh considers the real worrying part of Ottawa's emergency measures. Kosh writes, 
One of the fears that the convoy protesters talk a lot about is the introduction of control through a Chinese-style system of social credit. If you offend the state, you'll simply find it increasingly difficult to use public amenities or your bank account. The Freedom Convoy may have, through ineptitude and short-sightedness, given a preview of Canada's future. If you want to park your rig across Highway 4 through Coots, Alberta, you'll be allowed to do it for as long as you feel up to it. But at some random moment, the Constitution will be elbowed aside to get at you and at anyone who has ever had a friendly word or a buck for your cause. In the Toronto Star, Sean McAuliffe argues truck protests seem like a sign of dark times, but trust in vaccine science remains a bright spot. McAuliffe writes, Working people have been co-opted by the convoy and the politicians who supported them. There are many details around the restrictions and COVID response we can differ on and debate. That's healthy and fine. But the overwhelming support of baseline vaccine science and of the public health efforts remains strong. These relentless and successful efforts and tremendous support for vaccines is something to hold on to, especially as other things seem to disintegrate. Now here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will deliver an address in the House of Commons on the implementation of the Emergencies Act and also chair a meeting of the Incident Response Group on the ongoing blockades. The Deputy Prime Minister will hold a media availability alongside the Minister of Public Safety, Marco Mendocino, and the Minister of Emergency Preparedness, Bill Blair. She will also attend Question Period. Defence Minister Anita Anand will hold a virtual news conference after the North Atlantic Treaty Organization Defence Minister's Meeting in Brussels. And Rural Economic Development Minister Goody Hutchings and Northern Affairs Minister Dan Vandal will announce a federal investment to improve high-speed internet access in rural Saskatchewan. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, February 17th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC. For coverage of all the day's events, our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.